The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. So, episode 60 of the Silly Goose Gang Podcast, and we're delighted to be joined again by Barry Gibson, Sambo Champ, and Crusher of Cans on social media. So, Barry, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me back again, lads. I'm, I'm, I was really, like, humbled the first time round. Now I'm just thinking you're desperate for guests now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're on, a, we're on a slow decline now. We're just getting it. <laughs> go to Asher Missy's next week if she wants to come on and have a blow on. What's Barry Gibson's toilet habits like? So we can just do it. <laughs> That's the stage oh. we're getting to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, um, I think uh, we, we said after the last time we had um, we had left so many things uh, untouched that you know we were still uh, amateurs. Then obviously now we're we're highly professional. Uh, <laughs> we had left so many, we we left so many things um, uh, just untouched. So we thought, yeah, let's get Barry back on and, and talk some some serious training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that we, well, not that we, any of us know what we're doing, but you know, you can break nails. So, yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't class myself as the oracle of training. To be fair, <laughs> but I just, I don't remember last time I prattled on that much about Sambo. We ran out of time, didn't we? That was the thing. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Back then, um, back then, it's fucking a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was like it's eighteen forty-seven. Um, uh, no. But, like back then, we, we really had no idea what we're I mean, still, we don't really know what we're doing. But back then, we really, really didn't know what we're doing. So, um, yeah, we, we, we kind of just ran out of things to say and you kind of get confused. And then you, you fucking, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, going to the gym or, you know, learning Sambo or learning Jiu-Jitsu, you know, after a week, you're like, I fucking know. I, I can't remember what we, what we just did. You kind of get you confuse yourself and you don't know where to go from there. So. Once you're a, once you're a year in, then you can understand what's going on a little bit. So that's where we are now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, I spoke to. Uh, I think. Do you know Brian Muckles from? from yeah, so, I know Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Brian, and you know he was. You know when we when we spoke about having you on the first time, I was, I was speaking to Brian, and he said, you know, he spoke very highly of you, and you were a bit of a pioneer of the old uh, strength and conditioning <laughs> in, uh, in uh, the, the northeast of, of England. So, um, yeah. and I completely forgot to talk to you about it the last time. Oh, it's nice of Brian to say that. It's nice. I, I like Brian. I, I like him even more now, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's nice yeah. to see you. Yeah, so, yeah, what was, um, where, where, did it, where did the whole thing start? Because it feels like now, Everybody's a strength and conditioning coach, or everybody's. I hate <laughs> it. I've said it so many times. I fucking hate the word PT. I hate that. Um, so, like, you were like, because you know, you worked with, with Ross way back, and 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 you know, he's he's, you know, he's run. He's good. You know, he's good running uh, MMA fights, I guess. Um, yeah. So you were obviously, you know, well into this way way back you know, when it was kind of. Strength and conditioning was kind of a myth that was kind of whispered about, and nobody really knew what what it meant. So, what was the what was the, the entry point for for you? Um, I'd I'd always took an interest in in because I obviously as I spoke said to you last time, I've kind of trained and been involved in judo and and, and martial arts from being six. So the, the the conditioning kind of aspect always fascinated me, and I and I always liked the idea of 
because I, 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 I never thought of myself as really technically gifted, but I used to think if I could prepare myself as best as I could for competitions mm-hmm. or for, 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 for any kind of performance, really, in terms of training, if you if you were fit and strong, um, you can kind of, you, you know, you, you can you can weather the storm a little bit and it gives you a, a competitive edge. And it's like that old phrase of hard work. Uh, what is it again? It's a hard work beats talent when talent don't work yeah. hard. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's that kind of thing. I used to always think, well, if I outwork everybody in my, even in my own mind, if I feel like I'm outworking everybody, I'll I'll do well. And mm. and that kind of served as well because, as I say, I wasn't massively technical, um, but I could I could you know I can play I can play the game well. But I knew I was strong enough and fit enough to last for my kind of sport at the time. Um, and I tried to instill that in the people I trained and I start because I've most of my jobs throughout my adult life have been like, you know, when you have to get leave school and have to start adulting properly and, <laughs> and be a grown up and stuff. And, you you know, I was lucky enough to do what I love for a for a business. And I mean, hands up, I was a shit businessman while I had got off. You know, I made some dodgy decisions and looking back, I wouldn't have done some of the things that I did at the time. But um, but it was a, it was great for a period, and I started just running um, private, you know, the, the term that you don't like, private training, personal training <laughs> sessions. I started running sessions for people at the time who were like just members of me judo club, you know. I started mm-hmm. working with the masters judo squad that was that were at a judo club at South Shields, and then um, I took on uh, I, I'd, uh I had the at one point I had the well I had the audacity a few times to do a couple of ebooks and DVDs and the first DVD I did was um was just a collection really with a good pal of mine who was like a graphic designer and he'd um I'll give him a shout out actually in case he watches this Stevie Reeves hi mate <laughs> um, <laughs> he's he he was he put the DVD together with me and he filmed loads of workouts outside and in the judo club using different bits of kit and stuff and it was um Nobody was doing that kind of thing over here at the time. Mm. Um, it was like sled pulling, kettlebells. Kettlebells weren't as mainstream, anywhere near as mainstream. I'm going back like maybe 2004, 2003, 2004. So it wasn't as mainstream then. Um, sled pulling, you know, swinging sledgehammers into tyres. What, what, what was classed as old school training, but hadn't really been touched yeah. here. So yeah. I started all of that sort of stuff. And, and that first DVD, Ross bought it from a shop in Sunderland um, oh. before he was in the UFC. Um, he was still fighting on like total combat and stuff down here, you know, in Sunderland. And uh, he messaged me out with the blue and asked if I would do some training sessions. And he was working on a building site at the time. He was a bricklayer. So I started working with him and I did a few sessions with him and then he got laid off and he contacted me and he said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to cancel my sessions. I, I, I'm not working at the minute. I've been laid off. I can't, uh, I can't afford it anymore. You know? And I'd said, look, I said, I want to do this as a, as a business. I want to make this a thing for me. And I was working as a lecturer at uh, a college at the time. And I said, I want to do this as my, as my thing. I want this to be me like me full-time job. So how about I keep you on? And every time you fight or I get you a couple of grapple fit T-shirts, you wear those and and you become a billboard and, and tell everybody how much you love us and how great I am and blah, you know. And he'd said, yeah, he was. So I said I could keep him training. Um, so I gave him workouts when he was kind of going to be training down the country because he was still <laughs> trying to do that and set himself up as a pro. And not long after that, he got into the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime... I'd started working with Andrew Fisher, who's another, you know, like a Bellator Cage Warriors vet. And he's, he's like, Andrew's been around for a long time and he's doing really well again. Um, 
and and it started from there, kind of snowballed with the MMA fighters, really, because I'd worked with judo players and I had a couple of regular kind of, I shall we say, normal people that don't like getting punched in the face. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and oh, those those weirdos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those yeah those freaks that don't think it's therapeutic to to fill your mates in. Um, but uh, but but yeah, Ross and Andrew were kind of the the, the two first people that I ever worked with, and. Um, from that kind of sport, if you like, and and it was it, it snowballed from there. Obviously, he went into the Ultimate Fighter, and then we hadn't heard anything, and all of a sudden he was in the final, you know. So then it was kind of it just snowballed from there. Once he won that, that was just like that was me. Uh, I was inundated lots of people. I was running group sessions for MMA fighters as an entry point, and then I was running private sessions and fight camps and stuff, and it, it just escalated from there, really. Um, you know, long story short. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but that, that's the interesting stuff, as, as all those all those little nuggets are, the, the interesting things. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so so there was, I mean, did you ever know, way back then, you know, like Tony Jeffries or anything? Well, I, d- I, did, I did some work with Tony Jeffries, okay. uh, about, around about, um, it might have been 2010, I did okay. some work with Tony for one of his pro fights when he was still over here, um, and he was still, I think he was still uh, involved in these ten fight contract. I think he had his ten pro fight contract. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I worked with him about fight number eight. Um, okay. So I did, I did like a fight camp with Tony. Yeah. Um, and ended up having um, a bit of an argument with um, uh, Frank Maloney over the okay. phone um, because he hadn't been running as much. Um, and Frank Maloney told me that uh, boxers need to run, you know, and that was uh, so. I had a bit of a disagreement with him on the phone. It was like, wow, look, you know, he says it's different from that MMA stuff. It's you know, boxers, world champions run. And I said, well, why? And he went, because they always have. And I went, oh, okay, that's sound. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, talking about talking about your ebooks because that was when your ebooks wasn't it? Fighters don't run or yeah, that, real fight, yeah, real fighters don't run, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm not against running. Don't get me wrong at all, because because the title was just to try and draw people in, really. Because I agree with hill sprints, I agree with interval runs, I agree with like fartlek training. I think it's all brilliant, but I could never understand why a boxer would run for 45 minutes straight or 50 minutes straight, mm. and kind of just break a bit of a light sweat and be all right, unless they were trying to shift a little bit of timber before a weigh-in. Mm. Um, but. But it was that for conditioning, you know, and I used to say to people, there's a better way to condition yourself for fights because you don't fight at that kind of one pace. Yeah. You know, it's you guys know what I'm talking about. And and, and yeah, now yeah. thankfully people people know that now that it's 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 that kind of short bursts back and away, short burst back and away. Short that's where and, and you needed to mirror that in your training. That was my theory at the time. And I'd be stupid if I thought if I had the same values that I held in 2006. I wouldn't have learned anything, and I would have yeah. wasted the last the last fifteen years. But at the same time, some of those principles still stay true. I'm, yeah. I'm not against running at all. I'm I'm definitely not. I mean, it's uh, I do think sometimes only prayer runs from stuff, you know. So yeah. you learn to fight, and 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 that's that's about it. But yeah. but it, it, I think running for performance in terms of as as your only activity is is outdated. It's massively outdated. You know, yeah. I, I think you you see boxers. Box boxing was the hardest thing I think to to shift because I start I did work with yeah. two boxers um, over the course of my time at Grapple Fit and one of them was like became English lightweight champion Kirk Goodens and 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 I and the other guy was Johnson McClumpher two really talented boxers um, and and they at the time 
ran all of the time. They, they, they were, you know, they were doing the distance running, putting the miles in four and five times a week. So I'd said to them, look, I said, don't stop it all together. Cut it down to twice a week. Add in some of these type of interval circuits and see how you feel. And they were like, right, OK, we'll give it a go. And their coaches were a bit hesitant. And, but I proved them wrong over time. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't to be a dick. I just I knew what worked better. I said, mm. if I can maximise your training and maximise your recovery and not beat up your skeleton along the way, then that's happy days for everybody. You know, if we pr prolong your back end of your career without mm. knackering your knees by plodding, then surely that's a good thing. And I used to, and I, and I kind of said to them, you know, change it up, we'll do sprints. Because it's gears. You go through gears in a fight, whatever fight mm. it is. Whether I mean, I know MMA has the level change, and, and, and that makes a difference, wrestling and dragging somebody's weight around, as well as the striking aspect. But even boxing, there's clinching, there's rotational work where you're on the ropes. And, and so there's still that element where, you know, and I had them doing level changes and, and sprawls and burpees just because it was something other than plodding the streets for 45, 50 minutes. But they could be done time-wise in 25 minutes 30 minutes and then they've got more time to refuel recover rest and then they can do the technical stuff later you know i used to just have to try and cycle it so that it was high intensity low intensity high intensity you know i wasn't going to try and smash them for you know two or three consecutive workouts it was it was known what you had to tweak and back off and and what you had to when you had to push you know, that's like you guys yeah. do that now, you know, in your own training. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hilarious when you say that because that's exactly what I went through when I first started to box as an amateur. You know, I went to um, uh, the, the local the local uh, boxing club in Carden Den and uh, it was all old guys. And literally what you were taught was, you were taught, you know, don't touch weights because weights just make you big and stiff. And you get the black bag on and you know, go run. You have to do your road work three times a week at least. Get an hour done. Get the black bag on. And, you know, they were saying, you know, running your, your boots. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was older, but, you know, so I was 23, 22 when I first went to a boxing gym, really. Um, and I was kind of, at that point, you know, kind of going, eh, I don't, I don't know. But, you know, the young kids would just buy everything, buy into yeah. anything because, yeah. you know, that's what, no, this guy tells me to do that. I'm going to do it. It wasn't until um, we, you know, who's our now, now our professor Dan Reed, you know, you know, we bumped into him, a load of circumstances, worked in and met Dan. He said, "You have to, you have to, you know," because he's seen how, at that point when I was at boxing, I was completely dedicated, as you have to be to. You, you, I don't need to tell you, Barry. You know how how dedicated you have to be to do anything at a reasonable level in fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was all in at that point. You know, I was still I was still a novice, but I was I was all in. So Dan, seeing how how dedicated I was, he goes, "You you have to you have to meet my friend Johnny Johnny Payne, who I on went to work with there." And I think it was difficult for him in the beginning to do you know get me out with exactly what you just said because you don't you don't fucking have to do this. <laughs> yeah. This is silly. What they're telling you is stupid. You can't do it this way. Um, you know, and then I changed clubs. Uh, I went, I went to box um, at Ken Ross Boxing Club, and that was the same. And it was almost getting into arguments with the coach, saying, "You know, you know don't don't lift weights. I don't lift weights. You just run and box. That's it." Yeah. And it, and you get to the point where you know, you know, when you put, you know, when you push somebody so hard to say you don't do this, another guy saying, "Listen, I know what they're saying." You have to trust the process. You have, you know, this is, 
and 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 you know, and I I was lucky, kind of at the time. So I, I trained at um, Petrie Athletic Centre. Yeah, uh, a really great facility um, that doesn't get used really uh, in Dunfermline. And there's a couple of guys who you know got friendly with uh, 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 runners, and they said to me like, you know, how how do you know how do you train for boxing? It was just everything was hard. Like everything mm. was a hundred percent. Yes. How how hard can you punch your pads? How hard can you spar? How hard can you you know you know how, you know how many burpees can you do in a minute? It didn't matter how the burpees were. It was how many can you do in a minute? And they just thought that, that was crazy. And you know and and you always remember them telling me you know. Um, you know, guys who are European level, you know, 100 meters, 200 meters, 400 meters runners, saying, yeah, we don't do a hard session within 72 hours of each other. Yeah. You know, if we do a really hard session, then there's some mobility stuff, some light work. Um, you know, the, when they say not hard work, they're still working fairly hard, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, they're not going to threshold or anything. So, and then that was <laughs> I was quite lucky to find those guys to go. These guys are fucking proper athletes. Yeah. Uh, um. So I had that kind of. I was lucky to find that. Otherwise, it would be very easy for a, a a young guy who doesn't really know what he's doing at the point to say, "I should just listen to the boxing guys," yeah, and you know, just put the black bag on and just go for a long run. Um, and and as you said, boxing is, I think, maybe slowly turning. I mean, I've seen videos, and I won't name names. I've seen videos of uh, the Scottish national boxing team doing strength and conditioning workouts and you're just watching them going the fuck he's doing <laughs> what this, it's what this is this is you you've just gave you've just caught well this is strength conditioning <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's like it's like showing somebody that doesn't know what a car is uh, a fucking voxel vector going this is a ferrari and he's like, what is it? <laughs> cool, man. I said, ah, it's cool, man. I like it. It's just like people that don't know what they're doing. And he's just going, that's fucking madness. <laughs> but I think they've slowly kind of turned the tide, maybe getting in now. But as you said, boxing was the worst. It, yeah, it was an easy sell. Like for, for MMA, it was an easy sell. Because I think MMA was in its, not so much in its infancy, but they were developing. And, and I think they were open-minded where a lot of boxing coaches that I spoke to weren't and that was the thing and as you say you're quite right wait don't lift weights it'll make you bulky I mean I think that's even in my book somewhere that you know and it's 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 we know now that it's not true you know I mean you had people people much smarter than me in the states doing this you know like Alan Cosgrove you had like Zach Evanesh Ross Enemite they all had that kind mm. of like and Ross Enemite was unique as well because he's he's from a boxing background yeah and yet he he still uh, kind of sings the praises of distance work, but more sensibly done, you know. Yeah. And it's still tempoed, so it's there's still a change of pace where the plodding of of kind of yesteryear is is outdated. As, and yeah. and I think it is it is coming round. It is changing. I think people are seeing a better ways. And 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 because because that's the thing. It's like what's, it's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over yeah. and expecting different results. Yeah. And that's and like I say, I used to get people say to me that they felt like they had gears within yeah, a fight, yeah, yeah. so they felt like they could ramp it up if they needed to, or they could back off if they needed to, or they could ramp it up if they needed to and back off if they needed to. Where if you plod at one pace, you'll fight at one pace. That was what I used yeah. to say to folk, you know. And, yeah. and I think that's the that's the difference, it, you know. It's it seems like common sense, right? Like now, I mean, I, I mean, Ali could tell you when when we roll. Obviously, not now because that would be highly illegal. <laughs> but I, I, I have gears. I can yeah. go through gears. I can move through gears. Like I can go nice and easy, and then step it up, step up, step up. Um, and that's just from you know doing as you say. But yeah, it was. 
you know, when you, when you talk about plodding, it's it's hilarious when you go, you know, it's a, how long is a, a sample match typically? Um, well, the, on the timer, it's five minutes, but the clock stops and starts every time there's a break in the action. Okay. So you, you can right, be on okay. for like seven and a half minutes, you know, like right, okay. But you know, you know even even at seven and a half minutes, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, for a for a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, our matches would be five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, amateur MMA is, is three minutes, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, the time. Yeah, you, you know, and even even. Even pro MMA, even if you're doing a title fight, you know five fives five on boxing, fives. you know doing three minute rounds, you, you're not competing for an, uh, an hour, so you, you want to be you know as explosive as possible in that time frame because that's yeah. the whole you know you know what you, if you want to throw if you're doing you know you want to throw somebody, if you want to box you need to be able to pivot in out you know throw some heavy shots get out, yeah that's not that's not as you say plodding at you know a ten minute mile for an hour so yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not even. It's not the same fucking thing. You're, you're training for something that isn't this. It's, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite difficult. You know, I still speak to guys now, boxing guys who uh, are absolutely so blinkered to to doing anything out with. And I think a lot of it, you know, as you said, a lot, you know, a lot of the amateur boxing guys were old. You know, it's still still the same guys who are in power. You yeah. Know, to, to when I first started, and it's just nope. That's not what we do. We do it this way. Whereas MMA, um, when it when it you know came onto the scene locally here, you know it was all young guys, and they kind of mm-hmm. went, oh, yeah. What if that is? You know, what, why don't we try this? And they experiment a little bit more. Whereas mm-hmm. boxing was no sweats it on. You know they used to tell us ridiculous things like, yep, yeah, no, no, you know you're not allowed to drink water during the session. Yeah. <laughs> why? For what reason? I'm sweating. I need some. I need some water. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of crazy shit we were taught, and and that's yeah. only that's only two thousand and eight. You know when I started. Yeah, it's not long ago. Do you know what I mean? It's not a long time. No, uh, no, no. You know, so it's it's fucking insane when you think about it now. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's mental. That kind of attitude. I mean, it, it's just like I never understood that. That that's almost like traditional martial arty attitude. You know, if you if you're going to do like a a session like that then there has to be a very specific agreement in place, first of all, you know, it's like, it's, it's got to be some kind of like, attached to some kind of mental training, you know, like, in terms of like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I mean, I, I can't think of anywhere where that would be all right, but, you know, in terms of, you know, if you were like, um, but yeah, yeah, but if, you know, if you, you see these guys doing like, trying out for like the Foreign Legion training, yeah. you know, and, and I think it was like Bear Grylls years ago did that, didn't he, went for the, the white cap, it went through yeah. the whole chain, and, and that kind of thing. You you kind of think, well, yeah, all right, maybe then. But but uh, to me, to deny like young people who were training water is like it's just mental. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. get a drink. You're sweating buckets, get a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I thought uh, you didn't pass out in me gym. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny that you mentioned the, the foreign legion. Just was what you know, Joe Strothers or buddies uh, was it was on the podcast, wasn't the foreign legion? So we I, should should have asked him about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he definitely. I watched a program on the TV. He'd definitely be better placed to tell you than I would. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just name dropping there because we're, you know, we're, we're fancy we're podcasters. Famous, now, but, yeah. Well, of course, you, you're international now, multinational, international. Do you know what? Do you know what's? Do you know what's funny? Is every now and again, I get you know notifications on my phone, and it's Ali. You know, he's he's normally sending me a meme, whatever it is. But every now and again, it's like holy shit, man! But and the other day, it was like. We've just added fucking Costa Rica and Cyprus. We're now in like forty-two countries. It's like, what the fuck? Do you think? Do you think between the three of us, though, the what like for those types of countries, will they have to subtitle it? 
Yeah, oh, fuck that. Uh, 100%. 100%. So what's worth no speaking to you is, so when we speak to Americans, is you kind of have to slow down a little bit and, and you know, pronunciate a little <laughs> bit better. Um, but when you're speaking to, you know, anybody who's Scottish or, you know, even Southerners, you know, even Southerners, you have to, you have to speak a little bit properly. But when it's somebody from the fucking Northeast, yeah, <laughs> it's just going to speak normally. Away. Um, but I, so yeah, yeah, but probably someplace somebody will be somebody's listening to this in fucking Jordan going, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This one big guy with the Viking guy with the crazy beard, uh, he was fucking, <laughs> I don't know what he was speaking. I think it might be Gaelic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, those things, those things, uh, those things crack us up when, um. You know, and when Alex sent us that thing, I don't know if you've seen the post. I think he probably did. Uh, you know, we're, we're now in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Yes. Yes. Us. Us. What the fuck? That's brilliant, that man. That's brilliant. Taking over the world. World domination next. That's what you need. Oh, man. <laughs> Just waiting for that Joe Rogan Spotify money, eh? The Joe Rogan Spotify <laughs> money. That's what we're in it for. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll buy you a drink if we get 100 million, Barry. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no worries, mate. No worries. <laughs> just, just, keep, just keep mentioning us every now and then. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> All for the likes yeah. and the followers. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Ah, but so, how is, uh, how is uh, your training? Obviously, I've, I've watched your Instagram, but your, your back garden training uh, <laughs> looks, looks uh, interesting. <laughs> Well, yeah, I keep getting the odd little jibe off Ali on uh, social media about it. He he's more worried about what we neighbours think. I just yeah. I, I message I message just for anyone that doesn't follow Barry, go and follow him on uh, on uh, Instagram and see his outdoor workouts. <laughs> but they're, they're extremely impressive to watch, and I just have this image in my head that like his neighbours across the way don't know that Barry's like a sambo champion, and just think he's this absolutely crazy man out the back with like scaffolding and stretchy bands that rips <laughs> open cans of iron brew and you could just buy some like like a guy that plays golf slightly overweight drives a volvo just pulling back the curtains going margaret you're never gear for the bearded idiots up to today as barry's like doing uchimatas and stuff in the middle of his garden it just it just amuses me really i, I know you're doing amazing working stuff and it's hard work but i just laugh going for anyone that doesn't know what you're doing is like is, is he practicing for Strictly? What's he doing there, dancing about? <laughs> that scaffolding? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what though? That's the thing. Like, because I've I've always kind of done, I've always kind of done that stupid type of training. Really, like that people go, "What's that?" And and it and it's 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 like a um, it, you get used to it. You know, I'm, every every everywhere I lived, I would train in my garage or train out in the garden or I would, you know, um, because mainstream gyms tend not to allow you to fucking you know, swing sledgehammers and 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 stuff, and it's it's a bit. I mean, it's it's a bit weird. Um, but I've always kind of uh, I've always trained basically, and I, I, this is a term that I hate. This will be a one that you probably hate as well, Chris. If you're not keen on PT, you'll be even less keen on functional training. Ah. <laughs> functional training is the ah. one that makes you want to slap your face and eat your children. <laughs> um, it's like. Um, it is. It's, it's one of those phrases. It's like, but I, I always trained with a specific aim. So, mm. so I always had that aim for, for, for combat sports, basically. That was the, that's the, that's the thing behind it. And, and, um, I've, I've always done that. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll very rarely shadow a box, but I'll, I'll kind of shadow a combat sambo. So as well as <laughs> that's sports, even more mental. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> if you go back far enough, there's videos on my Instagram from last year where I've got hand weights and I'm and I'm throwing headbutts and stuff <laughs> and like throws and you know it's and and it's it's it it'll look like I'm at some kind of weird silent disco, you know, where everyone's got different music on and they're just dancing around. But I I'll I'll do that and, and it it's 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 a specific kind of thing. So Anyone who knows would know I'm doing some kind of fighting, or I've got like a really weird kind of form of physical Tourette's, and I'm, or I'm, or I'm delusional, and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting multiple assailants, you know, um, and getting beat. Um, but it, it's, 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 it, it's always been with an aim of of improving an aspect of of my sport, whether it was judo or sambo or whatever. Um, and I always go to the people to do that. Um, but in terms of the workouts that I used to do, they were always short and intense. Um, and it always carried over to like longer kind of endurance activities as well, mm. which was weird. You know, if I, um, I never really tested it as much, but as a theory, I always felt fitter when I was anaerobically fit. I always felt quite aerobically fit as well. The two kind of energy systems were complemented mm. by that kind of training. And it was just specific because I'm doing something that is specific to my sport. You know, that was the, that was the theory behind it. But yeah, I do. I'm used to the strange looks and the and the sideways glances and people just don't speak to us now, you know. It's, I've got like two there's two times there's two times I can remember and one was taken um I was going to, I can't remember what the I can't I think it was just bored. I think I was just bored when I was younger. And I just took uh, there's a little a little beach where I go regularly to watch sunset at Loch Leven. So I was going. I said, I'll just go down and do some sprints, and I'll do. And like I don't know. Like I can't take much from me. I'll take a sledgehammer, and I was just going to smash the sand up and sprint. So I was just walking down with a sledgehammer, and you could see people looking at you like, "What the fuck is he doing? What the fuck?" And there was another time where there must have been <laughs> there must have been some kind of terrorist attack, like, and the day after, it was dark. And I had a, I was doing a list session and I had a, a 20 kilo vest on. And as you could see somebody looking like, oh, the fuck is that? Fucking... No, 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 it's just a, it's a weight vest. I fucking promise you, I'm not fucking, <laughs> not gonna... I don't know who would be blown up at half five in the morning in a fucking trail, but you know what I mean? With, with your Some... dead man switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, people looked at you, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. It was, it was got... when. I was going to say it was when Barry did the uh, the ripping after I challenged you to say I because just for getting anyone that's not seen it, Barry has a habit of ripping up full juice cans, which to me seems like a good waste of juice. However, we'll let that go. And, <laughs> and you'd you'd ripped up a couple of cans of Coke, and I had said, "Aye, that's easy enough." But why don't you try Iron Brew? It's made for girders. <laughs> You're ripping up easy American juice. Rip up an Iron. <laughs> Oh, it, you did, you did in fairness, and you put up and uh, cut off a wee bit there. But and then my mate Big Cogs messaged me, he's like, Who's that crazy man that's tagged you on Instagram ripping up cans? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's Big Barry, he's a good lad, just destroys <laughs> cans in the garden. And the person he's... that overlooks the house goes, Margaret, I shit you not, he's out here ripping up fucking cans of coke. <laughs> <laughs> he's got iron brew this time. <laughs> it is. I don't. I don't. I don't habitually waste it. It's just every now and then. It's all right to throw in. as like a bit of a grip strength feat. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's actually quite a good idea. Um, if you think about, you know, fucking, you know, for 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 um for collars and stuff. Well, the the the, the weird thing about, it, I mean, I got into it year, years ago with a guy who lives up up your end, really, Middleby, lock near Lockerbie, um, Stan Pike. Mm -hmm. You might have heard of Stan Pike, actually, the bear with the, the name, actually, yeah. 
the kettlebell the kettlebell guy he i mean stan's pushing 70 now i met stan around about um 2004 um and then um i got i got to meet he introduced he got us into like uh steel bending like nail bending and stuff like that and then um and then in 2010 i met a guy called steve angel who sadly passed away last november and steve stan and i went and did the dinny stones in 2010 uh, that was when i met steve, that was when i met steve and uh, Steve was very much into his grip. His, 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 as was Stan. To be fair, their grip was like mental. And it was those two that got me into bursting the coke cans and the, and, and whatnot, you know, and, and and bending nails. And Steve eventually got me into snapping the nails because um, he said it's like a waste of a nail. If you bend it, that's it. It's done and dusted. Where if you you go back to it, bend it, close it, open it, close it, and snap it, that's you know, it becomes a bit more cost effective on your on your training like budget, if you like, you know. So the cans is just a, a just a, a, a strong man feet just every now and yeah. then. I just, you know, it's it, but ironically, it, it, it's it's actually once you get through one, the second and the third. And the most I've ever done in a row is four, and it took me about fifteen minutes. First one goes fairly quick, but after that, the the kind of build up in your forearms and your grip is actually horrendous. So if you were mm. if you were uh, you know ever to try it, it, it it's weird how quickly your grip fatigues to the point where it's taking you ages to kind mm. of get through the the third one particularly and, and the fourth. I think four was the most I ever got because I got a six pack once and thought I want to do this. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't. My hands. I thought my hands were going to drop off. Mm. Um, and it was. Try it. It was. It was weird. It was a weird feeling. Uh, like how quickly it, the 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 build up accumulated that much. It was just uh, like the forearms cramped. My hands cramped. I yeah. couldn't. Couldn't get through it. It was. It was weird. Yeah. But obviously, it's working because it's there is a training effect there. You know. Yeah. Obviously, you do one in isolation. It's not. It's just like it's just a feat, and people go, "Oh, that's clever," you know. But it's not like a. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It is, as you see, it is. It is kind of wasteful, you know. I mean, I, I had a video on my laptop because me, me dad had come up with me when I'd gone to visit Stan, and we were we were doing loads of different grip stuff, and uh, he had a lovely place in Middleby, and it, like you know, we were lifting stones and and swinging kettlebells and stuff, and we start we finished off smashing some coke cans in there my dad just went this is what you're supposed to do and actually i had a video of him opening the can and drinking it and going see that's better it doesn't end up all over your shoes it's not in your face you know <laughs> so yeah. it was just but yeah it, it's just one of those daft little feats you know it's like it's good. Um, i think uh i think i think you i think you, you you know you're a special kind of fucking idiot when you when you're sitting talking about ripping up coke cans and somebody's <laughs> interested yeah. Oh why? How do you do it? Like, what's the technique? <laughs> Everybody else at this point is going, "These fucking three are idiots." <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. we can we can get lids off jars though, so they can't <laughs> exactly. fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What um, did you did you lift the the Denny Stones? Yeah, um, I I had a bit of a I did. I managed I managed one successful lift. I try. I, I thought I had two. But I managed one successful lift, and it was it was only ratified. Believe it or not, it was only it was only clarified um, uh, two years. Uh, actually, last year I had a because I had a bit of a we posted the videos anyway and the, for the Dinny Stones the day before we'd done the Inver Stone, and for the Dinny Stones, yeah, the the, the kind of tradition is that the the, the manager of the Potark Hotel comes out and. And, and and you you know you move the stones and you you have to get the permission to do it and that sort of thing. So Steve Steve Angel lifted them over the course of the time we were there twenty times. 
and like shredded his hands, but he, he, he did 20 lifts of it. And at the time, that was the most I think they'd been lifted in one sitting, if you like. Mm. Stan managed two, and I managed what I thought I managed two at the time. Um, so we posted the videos, we'd had a great weekend, and it was like, and then uh, a certain company from the States had a, had a forum. And they'd seen the videos and slated stands and my lifts and said it wasn't a lift, blah, blah, blah. We hadn't locked out and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I'd like said, because I'd everything I'd read about the Dinny Stones was all you had to see was air underneath the stones. Mm-hmm. That was the mm-hmm. apparently that was the tradition. That's what I'd read and that's what I'd heard. And the manager of the hotel had said, Yep, yeah, you've just if you get air under the stones, that's it. So basically, if they clear the ground, it's a lift. But the, the Yanks had said, oh, no, you, you and Stan didn't lock out. That's it. So I took my videos down and thought, right, fuck yeah, that's it. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I know what I did. Um, I had the bloodshot eyes to prove it. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, and, and I, I knew what I'd done and I, and I was happy with it. And I thought, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm not bothered. I'll forget about it. And not long ago, um, I can't remember the guy's name. His surname Shanks. Um, and I don't know, he's an, he, uh, his dad, I think, was Jack Shanks. He lifted them in the 70s and his son's doing it mm-hmm. and he's he's kind of become the uh not the keeper as such but he's in charge of like the website and whatnot and uh i sent him the the video of my lift and he said yeah that's a good lift that's you know so it was un- unassisted in terms of like mm-hmm. no wrist straps so it was a good lift so i have lifted them and i had it like kind of clarified by the guy who's now in charge of it but it was only last year really that it was kind yeah. of sorted and, and, and done you know which what a decky thing you do to send sleep them fucking dicks well um... that, that that's what that's what put me on because i i was going to try and I, at the time i wanted to kind of go and because i love scotland anyway it's a lovely part of the world and i mm. wanted and i like whiskey so that's always a good thing so i wanted to kind of go and, and do a tour of some of the other manhood stones you know um, people have done it since then, obviously, but I wanted to kind of, I wanted to just do it myself. You know, me and my dad go to the odd distillery, lift a bit stones and then go and, you know, maybe, maybe not in the same day, <laughs> go to another <laughs> distillery, you know, and just, just do that really just every now and then. But, but it turned me off a little bit because I thought, well, yeah. you know, the, how, how fucking bitchy are you? You're like fucking women and you're all supposed yeah. to be like strong lifters. And cause I had one guy message me privately and say, I was over the moon with your Inverstone lift. That was brilliant. But you just didn't lift the dinny stones for me, and I'm thinking, okay, cheers for that then. <laughs> um, and it was like, but little, little person who I've never met. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck okay. you, that last one. Come here, and I'll throw you about like a fucking empty <laughs> well, tracksuit. Well, that was yeah. the thing. I thought I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back to like what I, what I, what I know and what I enjoy, and and and, and that was that. Was, it kind of left a bit of a, and and sadly, my pal Steve Angel, as I say, he he was very much. Um, he was very anti-strength training establishment, and he had a few records. He was in like the IAWA Hall of Fame. He he'd had some tremendous lifts under his belt, you know, records and stuff. And he was all, he was naturally he was a natural lifter. He trained all his life, um, mm. and he was very much of the opinion he would call out certain like strength gurus and and put them to shame. And he hated the whole, like like us, he hated the whole. Um, Jim Bunnyization, if you like, of 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 PT and fucking, you know, and all that sort of shit. But he also hated the strength industry because of how like commercial they tried to be and how they try to sell people the magic pill and how they try, you mm. know, it's just and because he'd said he says ah, that was ju- what what had happened at the time we'd done the dinny trip. He'd said at the time that's kind of that's just one of those things that puts me off the whole industry because mm. it's not like instead of getting behind you. 
um, they've said no, that's not a full lift. And yet, ten years later, it was actually said, yeah, they actually you did lift them. <laughs> it's weird, weird, weird. What, um, what did they actually weigh? Because is that about three hundred and fifty kilos total? Yeah, both to get the combined weight about three hundred and fifty kilo. I think ones ones like. Uh, I think in pounds, what is what is one about three hundred and forty-five pound, and the other one's four hundred and fifty or something, something like that. Anyway, uh, mm. obviously there's a bigger and a slightly smaller one, so you you kind of do like a straddle deadlift or a Jefferson deadlift with them. And um, I mean, it's it's horrific on your grip, you know. It's it's because uh, mm. that's where it comes because of the rings. Um, it kind of it just opens your hand straight away, so it's kind of resting there in the crook of your fingers, really. Yeah. You know, for, for the most part, I mean, I felt like I thought my arm grew by about three or four inches. Is it? Is it? I, it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, if you, I think if you're Scottish and interested in strength training, you know, it's a, one of those things that you, you know, is is legendary. It's something I would like to do, but is it is it comparable to, you know, a three hundred and fifty kilo deadlift, traditional deadlift? Um, well, I have, when I was training for it. I never, I, I never got close to deadlifting 350 kilo from a bar from the floor. Mm. I had dinny, hand, dinny ring handle like replicas made, so I would, I would rack pull effectively because you're, you're not pulling from the floor on the, on the handles. So mm. I would, I would rack pull that quite easily, uh, but yeah. I never deadlifted it. And, and I think, I think a deadlift of that weight would be, if if you were used to deadlifting. That would be an easy pull for a lot of people. Um, yeah. For a lot of people, I'm not saying me, but I think that would be a, a straightforward because it's balanced. Yeah. The issue with the stones, as soon as they start to come off the ground, there's a shift um, yeah. and, and 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 an awkwardness straight away. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever watched. Did you see that there was a a program on and and the, they had like three strongmen from the states like Brian Shaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strongest man in history. Yeah. Strongest yeah, man in history. walked across the width of it. Like, we were trying yeah. to walk across the width of the bridge and we had replicate Donald Diddy's yeah. feet, I think. And that was, and Brian Shaw got it the furthest. But they said, they all said the same thing, how like when you lift, as soon as you feel it come off the ground, even when you've got a heavy bar and it bends, there's, there's still a, a balance to it. Mm. But with the stones, it, it changes. And I think that was, that's what made yeah. it kind of, what it is, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, I, I would, you know, love to be able to say at some point I lifted the Denny Stones, but you know, the most I've ever deadlifted is two forty. Maybe I'd have two fifty on a on a on a the, the perfect day. And I'm just going, is that like I don't know if I could ever do it. Like, you know, I don't really want to have to do strength training just to lift the Denny Stones. It's not that important, but it'd be super cool to be to say I did it. You'd have uh, to. I, I would say if you were going to do it. I mean, I I I, I kind of. I dedicated about six months to it, and I was mm. running the gym at the time, and I and I didn't do anything else really other than train for that. So you could do it, and it's 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 six months out of your training cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you can always just once you've done it, add things back in. I think it's just it's it's a goal. It's it's something to look for. You know, it's, it's something I can look back on fondly, especially now. Yeah. Um, that that it's that it's that it's kind of. Um, ratified or qualified, if you like, you know. So, yeah. But but I, you know, I I would be nowhere near the bloody thing now. I couldn't push them along the floor. <laughs> 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 we, we we've said that a few times, haven't we, Chris, on the podcast about like when people talk about weights on, as you're saying, Barry, on a nice balanced bar. A lot of people think that sounds relatively easy, but when it's like a dynamic object, 
it becomes mm. a totally different ballgame. Like we were talking that, to uh, again, we're, we're gonna name drop here. Yeah, Atlas Stones or uh Matt Vincent where he was talking about throwing like a a sixteen kilo shot putt in the Highland Games. Yes. And you pick up sixteen kilos and go, sixteen kilos isn't in inverted commas heavy. Yeah. But then you find out he threw it like seventy two feet and you go, ah, I could I could throw it seventy feet. And then you go and it goes badunk and goes <laughs> about four inches and you're like yeah. It's it's just different, you know. People see people see sixteen kilo. And, yeah, seventy two feet, something like that, wasn't it? I think it was off one of those, you know, like a spinning one, like the throw the weight, you know, like where <laughs> rotation. But really, it was yeah. I can remember the like that. I, I can remember the number now, and it's it's because the numbers aren't that. If you have no idea about what about any of this stuff, you would go throw sixteen kilos, seventy two feet, and that's like. Oh, right. like I've got it written down from my, my, my wee podcast notebook. It was a 16 pound, not 16 kilos. So I got that bit wrong. But he threw it 63.4 feet. Jesus Christ. But that's, it was 16 pound, not 16 kilo. But yeah, still, yeah. the point remains. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. But it's, it seems like one of those things where you'd go, well, it doesn't seem all that hard until you tried to do it. And then you went, yeah. oh. So we're talking to, it was Anthony Deal, uh, America's yeah. strongest man. Uh, you know, everybody. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, he was talking about lifting Atlas stones, and you know, I lifted. There was one in the in the rugby club where I used to lift weights. There was a hundred and twenty kilo Atlas stone just appeared. And I finished the session, and I went. I, th- I think I deadlifted. Yeah, I think it was doubles at two twenty. You know, deadlifts. Uh, you know, and, you know, you know, fairly comfortable. And I went. I'm, I'm going to lift this Atlas stone just because I just want to lift it. And I fucking got down and went. How the fuck? <laughs> How do you move it? It doesn't make sense. Like 120 kilos is, you know what I mean? I could draw 120 kilos. Yeah. And then it's like, like how do I get, get it down? And it's like, you know, fucking get one and get one of those, you know, fucking, you know, just try to get your arms around this thing, like you're cuddling a, your granny or something. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I fucking did it. You, can, you can't get down. It's like, so is it like a feel, again, like ass to the grass here? Like I'm like squatting? Like, no, that's not how you want to do it. And then, you know, you try to load too much in your back. You go, no, that's not what I want. You just go, how the fuck do you move that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's one of those numbers where you went, oh, I could lift 120 kilo stone. Of course it's good. Good to do it. Uh, how the fuck is this? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's weird things, that, you know. Um, if you, again, like if you asked, uh, you know, you'd have you went and asked 10 teenagers tonight if they think they could, you know, I think they could win a fight against an actual fighter, they'd probably all say yes. Oh, and yes. Then get, and then they'd get in there and go, what the fuck just happened? Why did they <laughs> land on my head? Fuck, why, is it, why is everybody standing around about me asking for more key? You know I mean? <laughs> people have these weird perceptions of, of you know, fighting and uh, fighting and uh, and weight is, is two of them. Um, where they get mad idea. To be fair, uh, you know, yeah. Every year, uh, Barry, I, I, I climb. Well, I say every year. Every year for the last five years, I've climbed Ben Nevis. It's a very yeah. good test. I, I like the Ben, and it's a good test. It's a good indicator of fitness. I, uh-huh. you know, I do it, time it, and go. Hey, I'm not, not too bad. But you see people going up and down, and it's, you know, it's. I always go up early because I don't like people. Um, <laughs> So I'm usually coming down. Usually coming down early, and and you see people coming down, and you and you'll be. I mean, near the bottom, and people will be going, oh, must be nearly there now, and you're going, you know, you know, once you get to the waterfall, you're about halfway, and you're not halfway to the waterfall yet, you're about 
this much up the hill. But they just... <laughs> It's like they go, I'm going to climb Ben Nevis. Come on, we'll, we'll all go climb Ben Nevis. And then they start climbing up a hill going, fucking hell, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's hard. If you put a backpack on with some weight in it, you know, with water bottles and food and some, some waterproofs and everything, you put five or six kilos extra on your back and then start yeah. climbing up a hill, you go, holy shit, this is difficult. <laughs> it's it's a it's a leveler in it. That this is the thing. I, like, it, and it's like 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 you say about the weight and like you say about the fighting. It's it's I always think like and it was one of those things I always liked about um the last Olympics and they had a quote that went round as a meme and it was they said it was Bill Murray, but I, you, you you know probably wasn't. But he said in the Olympics, every Olympic event should have like a regular person as a frame of reference. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. I mean, apparently that wasn't Bill Murray that said that, but I just thought that was brilliant because Amazing. people, Amazing. one thing that pisses me off about like, like, um, you know, you go to barbecues or gatherings and or, or you hear people in bars, pubs and clubs and it's the audience kind of input to any sporting event. You can have a football match or a rugby match on and you can have some fat fucking idiot talking about like, you know, what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. Yeah. And MMA shows were the were the were, were the best thing ever for that. And but I, I went to a one of the boxers I used to train, uh, he fought on uh, in the Telewest Arena in Newcastle. Uh, I think it's called Utility Arena now. That's how long it is since I've been there. Um, Mr. Sociable, who doesn't like people who's really loved lockdown. Um, the, uh, we, we went there, and 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 obviously there was a good following for Northeast boxing fans. There was loads of people there. It was it was great. It was a good event. Um, but I heard the guy shout some of the best advice I'd ever heard from the crowd. Uh, and it was literally, it had kind of gone silent and people were like, you know, you could hear people in the crowd, the knowledgeable kind of people were shouting, you know, work your job in and out, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Uh, nice and sharp, nice and, you know, whatever it would be. And this guy shouts, in and out, like a burglar. What? But if that had been picked up on like a camera somewhere, you know, you yeah, just imagine yeah. people going, what did they say? In and out oh. like a burglar. I thought, wow, that was uh, that was a good lad. Well done. <laughs> I, remember, yeah. I remember, I remember boxing. Um, I did an exhibition. Uh, it was in Dundee. I went to Dundee. I think it was at the Sky Axe Club, and it was it was some of the guys from I think it was at Ken Ross were, were boxing, and I just went up. Uh, but you, you know, you know, you always took a always took a gum shield with you just in case. And I ended up, you know, can you, this guy's lad has done up. Do you want to do an exhibition with him? He's a light heavyweight, but. It was one of those weird light heavyweights, but he was about six foot five and built like a fucking lamppost. <laughs> uh, cool, let's do it. So and, and and you know the referee said to me, the referee had said to me, you know he's you know he's he's, he's light, you know he's only fucking seventy nine kilos, and I was you know ninety four or something. Uh, so ah uh, cool, no worries. So we were just fucking doing an exhibition and it just kind of you know playing about a little bit. But he was he had obviously his mates were there expecting to see a fight, and they were young lads from Dundee and they were all pissed. I can't remember his name. His name was John something. And they kept every now and again, you know, because you know, it was quiet. And, and every now and again, all you heard is, Bunchy's fucking bus, Johnny! And then he would kind of go, ah! And he'd try, he was a novice, so you would try and attack. And every time he'd try and attack, I was just jab straight into the middle and knock him back into his heels. And the referee would go, no, fucking hell. And then it just, it just kept happening all the time. But that's all they were shouting at was, punch his fucking pus. And, and then he would go, right. And then he would try and swing at me. And I was just, oh, it was fucking brilliant. And you tried, almost tried not to laugh. 
because it was quite <laughs> funny when it was happening because he just kept going those things are hilarious i miss i miss that about fighting as those um those little shows like that where somebody says something ridiculous just uh, kind of those are brilliant but it's that perception in it of like what what's what's easy and what isn't and and, and it, it used to get on my tits you go like you go to like family guy i mean i watched i watched the olympics when when i me, uh, I was with my ex-wife. I was still married at the time. We'd gone to somebody's house for a barbecue, and the Olympics were on. It was in, like the two thousand and four Olympics or something, and 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 they were they were they were like slate. There was there was some of the husbands there slating the um uh the hundred meters sprinters. <laughs> I was like fucking hell. <laughs> You've never run. You, you couldn't run a fucking bath, and yes, yeah. and, you, and yeah, you, yeah, yeah. he's just run a hundred meters. It was the re- I think it was the relay actually. You just run a hundred meter relay. Are you joking? You couldn't run twenty meters, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, they shouldn't have been doing that. That's terrible. That handover was crap." Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, just, it's like the MMA, isn't it? How many how many times have we said a eh, where people are watching it and they're like, "I, I would never tap to that." That that Khabib thing was more of a crank. I wouldn't tap to that, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, you would yeah. have. You'd have tapped just to the sheer pressure of Khabib crushing your legs. You'd have tapped, mm. let alone until he got his arm around your throat. Yeah. To be fair, they'd have probably tapped the floor before the yeah. referee went. Oh, man. What the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, the fighting things. It's, it's always you know the, the Khabib thing. People say you know, would tap. You think you oh, like. <laughs> I can't even explain without beating the shit out of you. I can't explain how fucking <laughs> shit, like, do you know what I mean? It's I like, like that one. I, I like that. I, I prefer normally. I use. I haven't got the time or the crayons to explain it to you. <laughs> but, I like but that. I, but I quite. I quite like that one. though. you know, I, I'll have to just beat the shit out of you. It'll be quicker, and you'll understand better. <laughs> you'll understand this when you like. It's just. It's. It's one. You know. It's just fucking hilarious to me. You know that you get how how. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a modern thing or, or people have been less right throughout history how you know they get talent and ambition confused like <laughs> yeah <laughs> do, do you know like I mean yeah I, you know we had uh, Ian Mackey on uh, probably fifth or sixth uh, guest I think um, and you know Ian's Ian's a, Ian's a friend and he was a Atlanta ninety six. He, he he ran in the semi-finals. Um, he, he pulled a he pulled a hammy. Uh, Atlanta nice. ninety-six in hundred meters. Now I know Ian, and Ian Ian is a hard worker. And Ian was jacked. I, I mean, he 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 was unofficially, I believe, the first white man to go sub ten. Uh-huh. Um, and then you think, you know, having seen him moving and know what that looks like. Yes. You go. How does I don't understand how these guys are now going constantly nine seven nine eight. You go, but yeah. if you that difference from what he did is yeah. absolute mm-hmm. best, and knowing what that looks like to watch yeah. an Usain Bolt going, you know, what was it, five, uh, nine fifty seven? Yeah, I think that difference is unexplainable. Like I don't fucking understand. Mm-hmm. But you know, the ball we people out there be going, yeah, yeah. He's not that good. Like, oh, <laughs> I can catch him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you just, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easy to sit on the couch and tell everybody they're doing shit, isn't it? But well, well, uh, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the whole crux. And, and whatever discipline you look at, there are always people that do that. And it, and it, and I always think like, oh, you know, like 
and that's maybe to talk you to answer your question it's probably always been around because yeah. you know you've got that famous speech by teddy roosevelt haven't you it's not the critic that counts that was when was he president yeah. the 20s or 30s or something whatever it was yeah. So, yeah. so it's obviously it's obviously always been around i think like naysayers and people that say well you can't do this or you should have done that better but i think it's it's like anything i mean like even across even across kind of training and, and 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 strength and conditioning and stuff it's it's one of those things you know people people always criticize and it's and there's you know there's more than one way to skin a cat for things and i think mm. you, you you know principles kind of stay um and 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 it's 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 like it's very much a, um you know the mainstay principles you know because because especially in strength and conditioning there's always bells and whistles and fads and and new things mm. that come along but ultimately basics done well pretty much trumps everything else doesn't it in terms of training yeah. skills work for fighting yeah. that sort of it, it, and i think that's across the board you know if you yeah. stuck with like squats pressing and pulling and deadlifts mm. you would be a and sprints you'd be a pretty formidable athlete really um yeah. Yeah. add some plyometric training in and that's all you pretty much need you don't need you know how you get that resistance doesn't really matter does it um no. and, and, and and but yet people will try and criticize what you know don't use that method use this do this for that um and it, it you know that goes across all disciplines i suppose you know not just yeah, yeah. and it's you know if, 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 you know if you look at you know i'm trying to think of you know try to think of something to use an exact you know when when there was a you know when uh you know if, it doesn't matter who the guy so like when tyson fury you know is again you know still is the man i suppose hasn't fought in a while now but yeah he's still still the man i suppose but you you look at the way he does things, and he does things weird, but you can't possibly say they they don't work because yeah. Yeah. they obviously do. So yeah. you know, um, if you, as long as you get to the end result, like the method to get in there is, is almost irrelevant. Like yeah. he's he's you know working to the best of his ability. Um, you know, maybe if you tried to change him, uh, he'd be shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe well, well yeah, you know, it works. If you for tried him, to change him, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've had I've had people asking me. You know, one of my friends actually asked me recently, and he was, you know, he wanted to start lifting weights, and he's, you know, what, what, you know, what, how do I get a little bit bigger? And, you know, he just want to get not, he doesn't want to bodybuild or anything. He just wanted to put a little bit of weight on, and, and you know, a little bit of size on. I mean, squat, deadlift, bench. I mean, start there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, eat, eat more. Eat, eat some more food and fucking squat, deadlift, yeah. bench. Yeah. Well, <laughs> last it. time, last time you were on Barry, you actually said very similar to what you were saying there. Um. You'd said if you do one day lift something heavy, the next day run about with something just a little bit less heavy, and then on the third day throw something a little bit less heavy and just rotate yeah. through that. Yeah, you're going to do pretty well. It's a pretty solid program at that point. Well, yeah, because because you, you, if you look, you're looking at like strength, strength, power, and endurance. Those are the mm. three big. They're the big three that you need to build for anything really. Um, and as long as you die, it's right. You can get like a pretty, a, a pretty good physique from that as well, you know. Because obviously, we, as we know, it's it's the it's the kitchen where you you know your your body composition's made best. But but yeah, lift something heavy, throw something, throw lighter stuff around, and then sprint like your life depends on it. And and that's three decent workouts. And it, it's you know, pro, programming doesn't have to be hard. I mean, I used to try and base that around like when I had the gym. I used to try and base programming around that, depending on where people were and what they needed for you know mm. a particular thing like working with somebody like ross pearson was a dream because he was only gonna he had like 10 or 12 weeks phases yeah. to train so i could phase it and do a strength phase a power phase and a conditioning or power endurance phase um 
the ones that fought on more local shows, you only had like six weeks, so you had to kind of keep them ticking over. Mm. Um, and you had to try and hit everything then, and you know, and then, then you're looking at like different methods of periodization for that. But ultimately, the, the, the method's the same. My aim there as, a, as, as that kind of strength coach or strength and conditioning coach or PT, <laughs> whatever you want to call yourself. No! <laughs> that, was, that was the aim there was to make them better, not make them worse, you know? Um, yeah. So the training that I did with them, I always felt should have complemented the rest of their training. Mm -hmm. And for boxers who only maybe have uh, one discipline to train for effectively, it was easier to plan for. Um, whereas MMA fighters might have to deal with multiple sessions during the day of, of yeah. jits, kickboxing, wrestling, pads, MMA sparring, and strength and conditioning. And there's a few things there they've got to juggle. So that would always be the difference for me, would be what have you had today? What have you got on that evening? What have you got the next morning? And, and, and that was what I was talking about earlier when I said about the high and low intensity and trying to juggle it around because it's no good thrashing them. You know, it's yeah. no good like you know it's, it's no good running them running them ragged for mm. you know six weeks seven weeks yeah. because that doesn't work doesn't serve them you know yeah that's that's the that's the the, the pts that i hate is you know the <laughs> the ones where it's just about making somebody sweat like you just yeah. work hard work yeah. hard work hard and, and and eat less and if that doesn't work work a lot bit harder and eat a little bit less again yeah. And if that doesn't work, work a little bit harder and eat a little bit less again until somebody's <laughs> got a fucking eating disorder. Uh, those those are the ones that I don't like. That's when, it, you know, the PTs, you know, the, the six weeks training course, and now I, now I can teach you everything. <laughs> six weeks? That's practically a degree for PTs, yeah, that isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You don't even get them doing no. it a weekend. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, it's one of those things where I, I, I think that's So if somebody turned up to your house and said, hello, Mr. Gibson, I'm, uh, I'm the plumber. Uh, just like you know, I've just completed my six weeks course and I'm going to put a bathroom in. You go, eh, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> Do you mean you'd be doing this for six weeks? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what I mean? No, you wouldn't, would you? Um, well, yeah, I, I was that's... I was talking to, uh, I was weirdly enough, this is me being a bit rock star now. I was talking to a group of degree co coaching degree students uh, about my coaching experience. I, uh, my my One of my old pals is a lecturer on this course and he got me on to do a Teams meeting with his students and talk about coaching journeys and coaching philosophies and stuff. And I was talking about a story I'd heard um, on like a fitness marketing thing. And it was, it was Alan Cosgrove that tells the story, um, who's a native Scotsman like yourselves. And uh, he was talking about um, when FedEx had just kind of started out and they had one depot if you like one kind of factory there uh, all the conveyors stopped that was it like just for, for, for nobody knew why so they got this engineer out the engineer came out and um had a little scoot around the place got his bits of tools out turned this adjusted this screw boom everything back on again everything had just come back on like it had been flicked on like a light switch so came to get the bill and and it's one of those stories it's probably like an urban myth and really exaggerated but it's like the the prince the point is quite quite like relevant and he said uh, how much do we owe you and he says oh two thousand dollars and he says can you itemize that he says yeah 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 he says well turning the screw that i just turned is five dollars knowing which screw to turn was one thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars yeah. and it's that kind of thing where people used to say to me what do you charge for an hour and i said well, i don't charge per hour because I'm not like a, a a plumber or electrician, or I said I, I charge per session. So I said if I've got like a, a session that's going to get you fit and I can do it in 20 minutes, why would I f 
fill that session with 40 minutes of like bollocks and stuff when you can be home recovering and 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 doing whatever getting on with your day basically and 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 there was a big culture for that as well at the time when people think they need to be doing sessions for an hour like who came up with a figure like each training session has to be an hour you know who came up with that where did that come from and uh, obviously it's come from health clubs and gyms and spas mainstream places where it's like right you can only book people in for an hour but now you go to certain gyms and they're booking people in for 25 minute pt sessions and 35 minute pt sessions you know and and, and the the, the cottoning on to that because obviously they can get more money and more people through the door but um in terms of adding value if i could get you if i could have you you know begging for mercy dying a death in a puddle of sweat after 15 mm. minutes why would i then fill that session with an extra half hour of stuff that's just yeah. going to make you it worse it's, it's funny because you, you mentioned that and you mentioned them earlier on one of the one of the best workouts uh that you know i've ever done is uh, the ross enemite magic 50 you know, five five you know yeah you know what it is so you do that you get in warm up do five ten minutes just warming up get some getting some loosening off and do do a heavy you know a heavy-ish magic 50 and it you know, a heavy S Magic Fifty would take me. You no, know, if I do it with, like, I don't even know what the last weight I was. Um, twelve minutes, twelve yeah. minutes, you know, eleven and a half to twelve minutes, and you will be fucked. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah. fucking rude. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, Hundred yeah, percent. It's awful. Awful. You see, yeah. If you do it heavy, I think I, I think I might have done it with a. I think I might have done it with a thirty or a thirty-two kilo. I don't know. I can't. Something like that. It was heavy. And it was yeah. brutal, absolutely awful. Um, like you say, it's, it's you know twelve minutes work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. But then for the for, but then, uh, like a really shit kind of trainer would go right. So now we're going to do some abs, and now we're going to do some of this. Yeah. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden they're trying to justify why they're doing that. But like, yeah. you know, another analogy to think of is you know it's 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 cheaper to get the coach to London, mm. and it's more expensive to fly because you get there quicker. So if I can get you to your goals quicker, would you not pay more for it? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's that's kind of the, it, it was trying to shift people's attitudes towards well, yeah, you, it, it's it's value for money, but you don't feel like you're getting value for money because you're not getting the time spent either, which yeah. is like a mental attitude to have. Um, yeah, but it's just you know that's that's kind of the way people are, and people are conditioned to think that sessions like that need. And this is where that whole thing about. I haven't got time to train comes in. It's fucking yeah. madness, you know? Yeah. Um, it, and it's, it's, it is getting better. I think it's, it, you know, um, but the fitness industry has got a long way to go, you know? Yeah. I've got, Definitely. I've got a friend that's like that. He, he says all the time, oh, I wish I could get, he's a, he's a couple of years older than me. And he says all the time, I wish I could get back in shape. I'm like, so why aren't you? I just struggle for time, eh? But then I know, cause he, he posted on his, on his stories on social media he'll sit and watch, you know, seven, eight, ten episodes of whatever on Netflix every night. Yeah. And yeah. be up till two in the morning and then sleep for three hours and then moan he's tired because he's been up all night and then not do anything and then get home from, well, get home from work because he's working from home, so finish his work. Drink, and then... Drink, drink a rock, drink a, a tinted rock star and then go, I don't know why I feel shit in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But he's, he's, he's of that mindset that he doesn't have time to get fit. It is yeah. like, I've not really got time. Because as you say, Barry, he used to, about five or six years ago, to go to a, a, a PT who used to do functional training with him for a 60-minute session. Yeah, yeah. 
See, there's a lot wrong with that statement, isn't there? Functional training for 60 minutes. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, yeah. get out. Yeah. No, you're not you're not functional. You're a twat. I know, and I've seen pictures that he used to get trained on, and I, there's genuinely one of them, and he's, he, the old, you know, the, the gym balls, the mobility balls, yoga balls, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. them. He's got, the, the trainer's got one of them jammed inside a, like a, a power rack, and my mate, is stood on top of it with a dumbbell in each hand doing all when it dumbbell lifts. Functional training, baby. And he's literally stood on top of the, the exercise ball that's with because it's functional, Barry. Don't ask why, you idiot. It's functional. I can't believe you even ask why. I think we need to get t-shirts done with that. You're not functional, you're a twat. <laughs> it's well this is the thing, right? I mean, I mean, I I, I love what I do. Because I have a stability ball, and you know what I do like about those? The jits drills, the flow on mm. those, I think that's brilliant. You know, when you see people change positions from, like, side control and scarf hold and move, I, I love all of that. I think that's brilliant. I think mm. it's a great way to warm up. Um, but I have never thought of getting somebody to stand on one and, pre like, like, no, no. Just yeah. stop being a dick. Be sensible and lift heavy shit. Mm. You know, yeah, like yeah. you don't. I don't fight on a stability ball, so why the yeah. fuck would I stand on one I would and like, try and just, do like, like turn-ins on my resistance band? That's yeah. going to end in disaster anyway. Unless, unless somebody comes and says to you, you know, I, I really, I would like to blow an ECL. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's, let's get you. Let's get you doing some. Let's get you doing some heavy squats on a, on a mobility ball. Awesome. Can, let's do it. I can think of easier ways to blow an ACL for somebody. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. You could wait until they, wait until they stand on it and then just stab it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he used to go and do. So because of that, he thinks he can't get fit because one, he doesn't have a functional personal trainer anymore, <laughs> and two, he doesn't think he's got the time because it used to take him. Um, you know, 10, 10, 15, as you're saying, Chris, 10, 15 minutes to warm up, 10 minutes to cool down, plus an hour balancing on a, an exercise ball. Let's be realistic. If somebody's, somebody's, somebody has no time to train and they don't have any equipment, I mean, listen, get up in the morning, do something to loosen off. Just just, just walk up and down the stairs for 10 minutes. Do 100 burpees. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do 100, well, 200 burpees. The, the thing with the Netflix, you know, watching Netflix, if whatever program it is, if it's a violent program, every time somebody should get shot, do ten push-ups and ten squats. Every time somebody like gets punched in the face, you know whatever you're watching, yeah. kind of thing, you, you can do it. You can do that sort of thing. You can make it fun. You can make it, and you can still watch your programs while training. It's like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have that. That's the thing, isn't it? it, it yeah. you quite rightly say you don't need equipment and you don't need space and you don't need time. You don't need a lot of space anyway. But no. you don't need you definitely don't need time and you don't need equipment. It's like that that's like those things are just like it's just excuses at the end of the day, isn't it? That's that's ultimately all yeah, that is. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just imagining there as Barry's talking about doing the exercise while watches Netflix to go with you doing your mad exercises outstairs outside <laughs> and ripping up cans. That like you now like binge watch friends and every time uh, Janice goes, Oh my god, Barry's <laughs> down like banging out ten press ups, ten squats. Has like, you got a fucking camera in here? <laughs> as your neighbour walks past like I don't believe it, Margaret. Watching Friends and he's doing fucking press-ups. We secrets out now, then that's it. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, that's uh, yeah, that's funny. I've got that image in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, sorry, yeah. I'll just I'll be there forever now. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, that, that kind of functional fitness, though, it falls into something we were talking about in the last podcast. It's like McDojo level of fitness, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is. It's stuff that people people are doing it because they think it's going to look cool, it's going to look good on whatever. And it's completely impractical that's, and ridiculous in the real world. That's, that's something that um that's something that really annoys me is is it's a modern phenomenon. It's really since Floyd Mayweather did you know what they you know came to be called the Mayweather Mitts. And and everybody now does these weird choreographed boxing pad routines. Yeah. This is fucking horseshit. What are you doing? This is not yeah. This is not relevant to anything. Like no. you know, throw a fucking jab. What happens when somebody steps back or, or steps off to the side or moves their head? Are you you're doing this weird choreograph thing genuinely for Instagram likes? What the fuck? Yeah. Well it's just, that it's weird. It, it's it's that thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, the fancy stuff draws people in. Yeah. But like I said, it's the basics. Yeah. It's 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 the basics done well that that you yeah. can't beat that, you know. And that's with anything. That's with yeah, anything. We said know? we said we said this so many times about jujitsu. Like everybody wants to learn the spinny inverting shit where you fucking drop and roll and and sweep <laughs> somebody and end up in a fucking weird fucking position and and get a weird cool exotic tap. Yeah, and like, yeah. can you pass guard? Like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> do you know how to do that? Because if you well, don't. I, I, some of some of those things because I, I follow a, a few jits accounts on Instagram and some of the some of those really elaborate things um because because the, they're not really prevalent in sambo or judo but some of the really elaborate things that I see they end up in a position where where they get a submission at the end which is obviously the the ultimate aim but it looks to me like they've passed a couple of opportunities on the way for some of them I don't yeah. know if that's something that I'm missing. Um, but they, they might have gone for like a rear naked choke, but they've passed a foot and they've passed a leg and they've passed an arm to get to a choke. And I'm thinking, surely you could have took one of those beforehand yeah. on the way, on the way to climbing up and, and spiraling up them like some kind of fucking twisted pole dancer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just it's, seems it's, a bit weird, you know. Do you know what you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a conversation uh, with another one of our guests. Uh, we had Laura Zero on, who was uh, who's like a survivalist and. She, you know, she does all these mad things in, in the woods. She goes out with like a fucking lollipop stick and kills antlers and, and skins them to make a house. <laughs> She's crazy. You know, I'm asking her, like, like, what's the best way to start a fire in the woods? And she's like, well, there's loads of ways to start a fire in the woods, but take a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, fucking course. I'm looking for this really complicated answer. <laughs> yeah, I used to have a lighter. <laughs> like why would you take a lighter? <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So looking for this, I was looking for this really elaborate. Like you know, well, what I do is I have to look for this age-old tree that's between 100 and 120 years old. And I slowly shave off the bark, and <laughs> I just take a lighter. Yeah, just, you know, you're looking for this crazy answer, but you go, oh, "This is simple." Um, <laughs> it's it's re relevant, relevant to all that, isn't it? So, uh, but no, yeah, that's very much so. <laughs> that's, that's life. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we we're heading on for fucking ages. What yeah, we are been yeah. doing it half Good nine years. Well, half is nine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we did this last time, didn't we? We talked that long, <laughs> and it just kind of time just flew, didn't it? I don't know what I don't know what's going on in life anymore. I just fucking go along. 
Ali tells me things, but I need to be someplace, and I just turn up. Uh, but I genuinely don't know what date is half the time. And, uh, and just for and just for proof of that, I told Chris the wrong date for our last podcast. Oh, nice. mean, <laughs> I, had, I had it a day early in my head, and me and Chris were all set up, and I tried to phone our guest in, and he wasn't available. And then he messaged me, he's like, I've got you guys down for tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, you have. I've just totally got it wrong. <laughs> getting old, getting old, and too many things going on in life. Oh, uh, shit. you fuckers aren't in your forties yet, are you? Nah, I, I am. I am. For, I'm forty-two. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, you don't look it. As, uh, you see that? I have he, the he does up close. He does up close. <laughs> I was going to say I've got the advantage of being a daywalker and not being in the sunshine ever with this complexion. <laughs> so, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, no, I'll be. What am I? Now? Thirty-seven. Yeah, we're thirty-seven this year. 37 and 7. See, you're, uh, just a, you're just a young pup. I don't feel like I'm at, You know what? I'm sitting here now. I'm sitting here just now going, I'm going to have to stretch my left hip. Really <laughs> just from sitting down. Just sat down for too long. Like, well, fuck, you, I need to see. Sit. I'm on my phone at the minute it's on, and it's on like a tripod, but you can't see my legs have been in and out, <laughs> you know, like moving around and switching and switching all the time. Uh, I'm going to get up. Be... I'm not, it's good. I'll be like the evolution of man picture. When I get out of this chair, once we finish this, I'll be like three steps to straighten up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's, um, it's uh, you know, to, to, to be to be 18 again and just be made of magic. Oh, fuck <laughs> I. Yeah. <laughs> to be made of magic. Just wake up and go, okay, nah, I'm just going to go run. Or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking fall asleep on the couch now and wake up and my neck's fucked and my shoulders are fucked and my neck's <laughs> physio. I'm at the, well, that's the thing. I'm at, I'm at the stage I people laugh about it, you know. And I used to laugh at my dad like years ago on judo mats when I was like in my early 20s and I was on the mat with my dad and my dad would be like putting tubey grip on this and taping his fingers and doing this. <laughs> and I used to take the piss and call him like Boris Karloff out of the mummy films and all that, you know. And he used to say, I keep talking stupid, it'll come to you. And he fucking fuck, he wasn't half right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It takes me longer to tape up now than it does to warm up, you know. And yeah. it, it's it's like uh, I spend more time taping me me arthritic thumbs and me gimpy fingers and strapping me knees than I do warming up because by the time I've done all that, I've got a bit of a sweat on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always funny. I think I think you you know you're getting old when you start making noises just sitting down. Yeah. You know, you just, you just when you go, oh, that, you know, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> tight. Like you pull a, pull, a, pull a calf muscle just trying to get your shoes on. It takes a while to get warmed up these days, but uh, yeah, fucking keep fucking keep moving. Keep moving. Like there's um, our, our, our coach John's 53 now. They, they've, yeah. got, they've, they've got their own little uh, old man's club where they go and, go and train Saturdays and, and they, 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 they all do judo and jiu-jitsu and stuff, but they get together on a Saturday with a few of those guys that are all in their 50s and still still hammering after it. And you, that's, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Oh, it's great. I'll do it as long as I can. And once I'm yeah. warm, you know, you, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. I didn't put, I've, I've got to get yeah. warm first. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, give us a, give us a minute. <laughs> I, 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 was talking, I was talking to... I was talking, I might have been, might have been Kieran Smith, uh, a friend of mine from the amateur boxing days who's superhumanly fit. He's, I think he's 27, 28, and he's talking about training. I said, yeah, listen, I said, I can still train. I can still train as hard as I could when I was 25. Mm-hmm. Sometimes harder because I'm stronger uh, and I've got better endurance these days. So I can still train as hard as possible as I did, you know, uh, when, I, when, I was, when I was 25 years old. I just can't do it two days in a row. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Do, do I can still train brutally hard that would make you sick. I can still do those sessions. Yeah. I just can't do them day after day anymore. <laughs> do you know do you know the thing though? Like it, that's the problem, isn't it? Because we should have trained like that in our youth where we wouldn't train on consecutive days. Because and, yeah. and that's that's why we skeletally are like that now. You know, in yeah. terms of our skeleton. It's like dog years. You've put years on, you know, so every year you train in a grappling sport, I think your age like seven years. It's, it, it is like dog years. But you, you, if, if you train sensibly then, but you haven't got the sense to do that then. When you're no, 18, 19, no. 20, you're invincible, so you're caning it every single day. And I think that's the problem. You don't know to temper yeah. it a little bit with, with the recovery and the mobility. I used to warm up for competitions like that and that. And that was me, right? I'm going on the mat. Like, you know, now yeah. it's like I go through a whole process. But yeah. nobody said to me, you're mental. You need to do this properly. Get this warm up done. Get, you know, nobody tells you that really. As, as, no. You know, when you're 19, you think you know it all anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it, 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 it's, it's tempered with that. So I think looking back, I would definitely train differently. And I think, I, you oh, know, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, like knowing now what I know then, I could have, I could have kind of, I could have done well with with competition. And I think longevity-wise, I would have been less banged yeah. up than I am as well. You know, 100%. that's that's why my that's why my knees are so bad because I played, I didn't do combat sports, but I played rugby from the age of ten. And when I was like 16, 17, I was playing from my club side, my school side, and my district side. And there was weekends when I would play four games of rugby, two on a Saturday, two on a Sunday, one in the morning with the school side, one in the afternoon with the club, one with the district side in the morning, and then one with the district age group up. That, yeah. and, and as well as training four times a week. Um, and that's one of the big reasons my knees fell apart. Um, yeah. And amongst other things, like silly things like when I tore my ACL and decided I could still play if I taped a, a basically a fan <laughs> belt to the back of my leg so it would move. Um, and I played a game like that. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, like, I would go crazy if my boys did that nowadays, but you know, what I mean, I did it at the time, and it seems sensible. Yeah, our sparring sessions were the same. Um, the sparring sessions at the, the Kingdom Boxing Club, where, where where I ended up, they were they were just fights with 16 inch gloves on. Yeah, you know, what I mean, just yeah. stupid. Now, now you look back and go, why the fuck did we do that to ourselves? Like, if I, you know, if I, you know, if I, if I, if I, if I was coaching somebody, there was no way they would get to spar the way we did. Yeah, you know, guys, guys got knocked out. Guys got. Fucking sparked unconscious. Yeah, um, it was dumb. Like you know, at least you can still remember it though, so it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fine. You know, like, I, I know guys. I know guys my age where they are a little punchy, yeah. slur some words. Yeah, I, I yeah. was fine. I was I was you know weird. I had very very good re reflections. I never got caught with a lot clean, but um, yeah. the sparring sessions were dumb. It's nice, you know. It's not even about the headshots all the time. It's about the shots you take on the elbow, the one you take on the hips. You know, yes. it's just, yeah. just it's all it's all accumulation over the years and just destroying destroying yeah. your body. It's just something you were saying there, and and linking back to the stuff about about the the, the strength and conditioning. Just quick, because I know it, it is getting on. But you were just saying there about sparring and stuff, and I had that with MMA fighters at the time as well. That did, that argument of should the heavy spar all the time to get fit and stuff. And I used to say to them, sparring should be like a technical process where you sharpen your tools, you don't try and kill each other, and your and your circuits and your fight your kind of fight day circuits could be really grueling, but you're sparring. Although it's hard work and it, it, you're exerting yourself, you shouldn't be kind of, it shouldn't be a war of attrition. And that's where a lot of people fall down. And I think 
boxing was the same for that, but so was MMA. If people go to different gyms, you always found that there was there was a pressure to kind of put your game face on and do it as mm. if it was, you know, your life depended on it. And I think yeah. I, trying to shift people from that mindset was hard as well. Uh, yeah. Just go back, you know, when we were talking sense earlier about gyms yeah. and training and stuff. Um, that was, that's kind of, just well, you just remind us there, Chris, that's a good problem, point, you know. The, the problem, the problem always is, is you get fucking idiots like us who like to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody, cash, if somebody catches you on the chin, you go, fuck you. Watch this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what happened, you know. And, and you know, there's there's um there's a funny, uh, you know, a classic meme, and I, I've shared it so many times. It's one of the the Muppets things, and it's you know, one of the you know, a, you know, Kevin the Frog looking outside, uh, you know, his window, and it's like you know, the problem is some of some of you, some of y'all motherfuckers like to run your mouth, and then there's a picture of him like walking, I don't know what, it's like going like towards a gym, whatever, it is, and it's just like you know, the difference is. I like to fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's one of those things where you know everybody talks and stuff. You go, yeah, no, I, 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 enjoy, I, enjoy. and you know, I, you know, saying to to my old boxing coach Danny, you know, you know, he lives across the road from me. And I was like, ah, I need to spar soon. Like, I just feel like I need to do some boxing sparring. You're like, why? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just need to know that I can still do it. It's no reason. I just need to get punched, punched in the face a few times. And go, cool, man. I'm, I'm good. I know I can still do it. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> well that's well that my guys from the sambo club i mean my sambo club's been shut for a year and and they used to call it punch your mate in the face monday was because monday night was combat sambo night and we sparred and a lot and, and you'd be surprised how many of them do feel like it's therapy it's you know it's because because mm -hmm. and and i think we spoke about this last time actually when we were talking about like how all your other problems go away when someone's trying to arm lock you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your shit day at work kind of is like, meh, you know. Um, I mean, for me, I work in a school. A shit Ofsted inspection would kind of just pale into insignificance while someone's trying to throw us on my head and strangle us <laughs> unconscious, you know. It's like, that's, yeah. that doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. It doesn't matter what the Ofsted guy said. I could do this to him if I wanted. <laughs> but somebody else is trying to do it now. <laughs> the, flip, the flip side of that, though, uh, uh, Barry, is, uh, you know, an awful day at school is way better than seeing Ali in a, a, a wrestling singlet. That's, <laughs> that is just lies. That is lies. Nobody wants to see. Nobody wants well, to see. Nobody wants to see a long line. To be fair, wrestling singlet at seven in the morning. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ali. don't because he will post a picture of himself on Instagram. I, I was thinking he should go and get changed now, just while we're chatting. <laughs> <laughs> For, as we're talking about it, I've got the unicorn sat right beside me. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> right, I've, I've, this, this is this is the, this is the, the worst way to end a podcast, but I feel like I need to get up and stretch because my hips. I'm genuinely my hip, <laughs> hip is down <laughs> properly. Oh, like right. I, I'm going to have to stretch. I want to go do some hip, some uh, some hip oh, stretch. Right. Um, I'm thinking I might get me foam roller. But yeah, as 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 always, it was a pleasure pleasure to speak to you again, Barry. Uh, oh, likewise, likewise, it's been awesome. Again. Thank you. Um, Just before we fully wind up, we've mentioned that Lords on the podcast. So Barry, give us a shout out where people can find you on Instagram and what you do in all um, these cool workouts. I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram as as Grapple Fit, um, and I've got my Sambo Club as um, Red Star Sambo Sunderland. Um, that's my Instagram account. Obviously, if people are on Facebook, it's it's just Barry Gibson and um, 
uh, YouTube is Gravel Fit as well. So it's, it's just anywhere really. If you search, I'm I'm kind of around lurking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah i was uh you know we'll, we'll 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 speak again some point in the future um just because it's just because it's fun i don't give a fuck if anybody's listening it's just good fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's definitely good I've, it's uh, it's awesome i mean it was great last time and and it's been it's been great this time as well it's brilliant man brilliant i was i was actually when ali messaged me about it and, and said you had a, a free slot i was like yeah definitely i'll yeah count you in for that it was good it was good crack you know so, yeah. the thing is the thing is it's nice to have um so you know we speak to some we spoke to some ridiculous you know will willis and and you know guys like that who are you know tv hosts and they're kind of a big deal but yeah you know actually will wasn't that bad you know but jack carr you know Maybe see old New York Times best-selling author. He's got you know Chris Pratt's playing you know the lead character in, in one of his series. It's coming out soon. And all this yeah. kind of stuff. You know, there's there's a process to getting those guys on. It's difficult. Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ali Ali has to speak to managers and agents and all this kind of stuff. It's nice just to be able to. It's nice to be able to message somebody and go, Barry, you you free this week? You want to do a podcast? Yeah, man. Fuck it. That's yeah, that's cool. That's 100%. really nice. That's nice. Oh, um, yeah. So it's you know it's, there's a lot of work involved in these people and it's it's kind of nerve wracking and but it's also nice just to be able to speak to somebody and have a laugh and oh, and uh, you know to talk some shit and talk some sense and it's a, well that's the thing isn't it it's a mutual interest as well with the combat yeah. sports the training side yeah. of things because you guys trained just as hard as anybody and it's and it and it is it's it's nice to have like it's nice to put it out there and and if and if people can get something from it. For training tips and and if we've maybe smashed a few myths that you don't need time to train, you don't need yeah. kit to train, you know that's then that's fair enough. And yeah, you know. but you know what? In that instance, you know, just because you've talked about it, if somebody is listening to this and they really don't know what to do, just shout out to any one of us, and you can say, "Listen, do this. This is this is oh. a very simple workout that needs nothing, and I promise you, you'll feel it." Um, yeah. So if anybody does listen to it, just shout us a shout. Give us yeah, a shout and we'll, 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 one of us will point you in the right direction. Probably, probably, yeah. probably, probably better than Barry because he actually knows what he's talking about. But, you know. <laughs> well, well that's, that's that's debatable, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, um, it was great fun again, and um, and, and yeah. hopefully, genuinely, at some point this year, we might actually get down to see you down at Red the Star. Kill, man. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. I know yeah, we said that last time, and then Although, everything now, mad. you know, because the Keltman's going ahead in June. I probably I can't commit to doing. There's a few things I would like to do, but now that's happening, I have to fucking. I've got twelve weeks now, and I have to, to really be perfect. So I probably won't get down, you know, before before that. But yeah, sometime later in the year, definitely, I'd like to get down. Well, and apparently, we according to the British Sambo Federation, we won't be back properly until June the twenty first. Anyway, when everything's right, okay. kind of kind of finished, so. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we're we, you know we're back on track by then. But I'm just. I'm a bit. I'm kind of. I'm not holding my breath, you know, because I'm feeling a little bit cynical down here. The way things are at the minute, you know, it's mm. a bit, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, can yeah. I say that triathlon that they, they announced that the, the Kelman triathlon was happening yesterday, and it, I, I couldn't believe. I, I, I don't believe this. I still don't think it'll happen. I think something will happen. They'll stop it. But now they've yeah. said it's going to happen. You have to. You have to crack on. And oh, you've got to be ready. Yeah, hundred percent. Ready. So, ready. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, man. We'll, for sure, we'll we'll get down some point. We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll make a make a, a weekend of it. We'll get down and do some training down there. Um, have some fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, you'd be more than welcome. You'd be more than welcome, lads. Awesome. awesome. Well, let's cool. call right. that a wrap. Episode sixty with Barry Gibson, the Crusher of Cans. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time tonight, mate. And that's episode sixty done and Thanks. dusted. Thanks again, guys. Cheers. <laughs> 
Silly Goose Gang Podcast.